Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Welcome to this episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. My name's Alex Evans, and I'm one of Bike Radar's technical editors. Today, I'm joined by Tom Marvin fellow technical editor and Luke Marshall, technical writer. How are you both today, guys, Luke? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, Al. Yeah, all well. And yourself? Yeah, great, thank you. What about you, Tom? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Al. Yeah, uh, doing all right. Yeah, what have, uh, what have you guys been up to recently? Anything exciting? I know we're f- second week back after Christmas break, but I'm sure there's been some busy things in your lives. Uh, I've been sourcing parts to build my new long-term bike, uh, my new MBUK long-termer, which is a Yeti SB120, uh, mm-hmm. which is their kind of like short-traveled trail bike, kind of down-country bike. Um, in the US, they sell a LR version, a lunch ride version, which gets a 140mm fork. It actually gets a piggyback shock um, and some rad bits on it. So um, I've got the frame only, and I'm building it inspired by the lunch ride, um, but without a piggyback shock, and with my own suspension uh and my own bits of finishing kit that i wanted to put on there have you got a weight target no i don't i don't know I, I rarely think about weight too much it's not going to be particularly heavy so um the reason why i've gone for this bike or this type of bike in particular is that last year i tested the manitou matic pro fork and i just really liked it and i was like mm. you know what i want to keep riding it so i'm gonna build a long-term bike around a fork rather than build a long-term bike around a frame interesting chicken before the egg chicken before the egg uh, and yeah, so I thought, yeah, 120 mil, like sprightly, uh, spunky little bike is what I wanted. Um, so I'm keeping it re- relatively lightweight, um, but definitely up for a bit of Tom Marvin abuse, which is just normal riding because 
<laughs> I think we can all just be happy that it's got rear suspension. It's a step in the right direction. <laughs> that is true. I am yeah. keeping a hardtail in the garage so for actual days of proper mountain biking where uh, you don't need <laughs> What are you going to have next year? It'll be a downhill bike. That's the that's the progression. Oh, I keep thinking about I keep thinking, yeah, probably I think next, I've never had a, like a big enduro bike as a long-termer. So maybe next year I'll go like full gas 180 mil uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Canyon Talk would be a good one. There we go. We'll Maybe. come back in 12 months' time and discuss. You heard it here first. <laughs> With his manatomatic forks his on the front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a Dorado. That's exciting. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that sounds very exciting, Tom. I'm very Thanks. pleased that you've got a nice, nice bike for the year. That's, yeah, I'm uh, pleased. I'm yeah, excited yeah, about good. it. Just need yeah. to get the last little bit, as we all discuss in this podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and then, Luke, what, what about you, dude? I'm sure you've had some exciting times. Oh, uh, yeah, just uh, getting ready for a, um e-bikes test we've got coming up. So we're going to have mm. uh, more wallet-friendly, budget-friendly e-bikes on test um, for a future issue of the magazine and reviews on radar. So kind of just... Uh, got the last couple of bits to call in for that and got a couple of bikes here already so just putting those uh getting them set up and ready to blast around the, the muddy woods of south wales and the southwest of england i think uh e-biking makes riding in the mud so much more palatable doesn't mm. it oh yeah yeah it's brilliant you just go out yeah the climbs are fun yeah the downhills are even more fun yeah you know it's uh it's a good day out just splashing around in the slop on an e-bike and when it's a rental, it doesn't matter how uh, careless your uh, cleanup procedure may or may not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. It's uh, of course all my bikes get you know immaculate TLC afterwards. I can I can promise that. Yeah. <laughs> to- toothbrush on the chain. You know, well, if we talk about the mud, this is going to go into something I'm going to talk about later. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah. keep our cards close to yeah, our chests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, uh, yeah. It's not- not divide too much. Al, how okay. have you been? How's uh, you've been keeping air in tires and all sorts? How have you? But we've been riding. You've been all right. Well, I've uh, I, I've kind of done a. I swapped my enduro credentials for um, cross country, and um, I don't know if it's down country or maybe very lightweight trail. So I've got the Canyon Lux Trail here at the oh, moment, yeah. which is uh, which is a is is a proper down country bike. Like it's you know it's a hundred hundred ish mil travel. Um, really lovely shape really good mm. shaped bike like looks great very light including all of like the bits and bobs which includes like the tube your co2 canister your tool all mm. these other things it's it's like around 12 kilos um m- m- maybe slightly more but you know that's pretty light so i've been hoofing around the some valley PBs on that Al. i've definitely done some done some damage yeah i've done some damage on the old strava <laughs> on that thing um yeah so that thing's a bit of a bit of a weapon actually i really quite enjoy going out for an hour and a half suffer fest um you know the one where you kind of you dribble in but you can't yes. stop dribbling that yeah. sort of pain yeah it's snotting very, out your nose yeah it's going everywhere absolutely yeah. going everywhere um but then also um the commensal tempo um which which is kind of i can't decide if it's a down country bike or a lightweight trail bike i'm, trail I'm not bike. really sure it's a I trail reckon. bike yeah yeah okay so yeah, we got got one of those in as well, which I know Tom, you're kind of glaring at me. You're, you're firing daggers out your eyes at me <laughs> um, because you, I know you really wanted to test this. Yeah. Um, but you missed hey. a couple of great trail bikes, haven't you, don't, Tom? Don't. Oh dear, yeah. the Atherton yeah. One Thirty, yeah, the yeah. Tempo, yeah, they, they'd have been Sorry. great tests back to back, wouldn't they, Tom? They would have been. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I come up, Al. I bring the Atherton up. We go for a ride, don't I? Yeah, we'll go for a nice ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Bring your e-bikes as well. We'll go for one of those too. Yeah, yeah. Should we invite Tom? 
No. I don't think he's got a bike, has he? <laughs> no, he hasn't got one. No, you know, he's, Still he's, he's bloody not, bits. Yeah, yeah. Yeti's not ready. Uh, he can't can't bring his Elroy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's exciting stuff, really. Um, yeah. Great. So, sorry about that, Tom. That's all um, right. So t- today, uh, I, f- I forgot to actually introduce the the, the topic today. It's going to be uh, going to be an interesting one. We've kind of alluded to it a little bit. Basically, if the MTB industry industry could invent, fix one thing or problem, what would it be? And mm. that's you know that's a big question that we're going to be answering today because in our lives as bike testers and product testers, we do come across our fair share, or maybe even more than our fair share of problems. Um, and you know, testing the whole gamut of bikes from whatever it may be to down country, enduro, cross country, whatever, you do see some regular issues cropping up. Um, so I think we're we're going to have a little chat about that. But before we do, if you like the podcast, if you don't like the podcast, or if you just want to speak to us, please email podcast at biteradar.com with any suggestions, feedback, or ideas. We're all eyes and ears. Beautiful. Great. So, Tom, what is the one thing that you think we should fix? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. So this is an industry-wide problem, and it's a problem for those of us who theoretically should be very tech-minded but actually are quite absent-minded and aren't very detail-orientated. And I I had a little issue building up my Yeti recently, which got me frustrated, not necessarily with Yeti, but with the bike industry as a whole. And I had it last year with some um, putting transmission on my bike, uh, and I basically have it basically every time I have to do anything while I'm working on a bike. Now, my garage is full of bike bits and brake adapters and, you know, like the little spaces for your bottom brackets and and various headsets of, of different vintages and all this sort of stuff. And I just wish that when we have a standard in the mountain bike industry, it was a standard that every bike manufacturer plays by. So let's take cranks, for example. I was fitting a set of cranks. Of course, there's two bottom bracket widths that I could use there's different lengths and different chain lines. And there's a table with about 30 different potential options to fit a crank to a normal mountain bike. It should be plug and play. Okay, My Yeti, for example, it's got one of a plethora of different types of headset. Like all the forks are standard. They're, they're tapered, one and a half to one and an eighth. 
So why can we not? Why can I not just pull a headset out of my cupboard, put it in my bike, and it work? Because it turns out I need a very specific headset from a very specific brand because of a very specific set of measurements on this bike. Like standards should be standards, and it gets me very irate because I never know. I just never know. You sort of you get like, oh, you know, I was thinking, all right, I'm going to put transmission on this bike. That's easy. I've got it all. I've got the wheels. I've got the brakes, and then you're like. Right, okay, so that brake adapter, because it's like PM160 and I want a 200 mm rotor, I need to put that brake adapter on. But that brake adapter doesn't work because the size of the pistons on the brakes I want to use are too big, so it doesn't quite fit, you know, like. And then I'm like, oh, the headset. Well, I've just got this bearing, that bearing, and then I'm like, well, no, because that bearing sticks out too much from there, so I need like a deep drop headset top cap, which, and I'm just like, oh, and then I need, you know, the little wedge that goes in the, in the, in the bearing. There's two different depths of those and two different angles. So instead of there being one type of wedge, there's four. <laughs> right, nice. Why is there four? Yeah. I, I mean, don't I, I would counter it as devil's advocate and say um, it's in the name of product development and you know making things better. So you know, by your argument, we'd all still be running threaded steerer tubes. No, I, I get why things progress, but like, if someone's like, say, you know, like, say torque caps, for example, on on Rockshox forks, a needless standard that is just irritating. Because like they might say, oh, it gives you like eleven percent more stiff. Who? I'm sorry, I just don't buy that anyone can actually notice the difference. Or, you know, like why is? I get that like there's developments in quality, like and you know, like you could say boost is one of those or tapered steerers. But once we're sort of fairly well settled on a standard, can we not just all use the same in like the same set of bearings to integrate them into it? Like why do I need a chart in order to fix to fit a crank? I don't need a chart. I just need to be able to fit it, stick it in there. Get on with it. Like, does anyone notice the difference between a 63 and a 78 mil bottom bracket? Or, oh, sorry, 68 and 73 mil bottom bracket shell? Nobody can. Like, literally nobody can. So why do we need it? Can we not just agree that we have 73 mil bottom brackets with a 55 mil chain line and headsets that, like, the bearings sit in of a particular size on one wedge and one headset cap, and we just get on with it? Can we just get on with it now? Yeah. <sighs> just get yeah. on with it, Al. Come out, let's agree, oh, and God, we just get uh... on with it. So oh, that's, that would, that's what I would fix. I, I agree that there's nothing wrong with development and making things better. But and UDH is an example of that. UDH is great. I'm really into it. I think it's really, really positive. But the thing is, it's it literally is universal. It is a standard that means that we don't have charts of different mech hangers. This, that's a positive move. I'm, I'm really down with that. But I just want to finish building my Yeti. <laughs> what about chart designers? You're doing them out of jobs. Chart designers? Yeah. What do they do? D design, design charts. charts. Well, they I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They could maybe just make pretty pictures instead. <laughs> it is annoying. I mean, it you, is you annoying. Have, you have an incredibly valid point, to be completely honest. I mean, I, I can't what, even come up what with what about bolt uh sizes, Tom? Uh like don't get like so you know at the front of your bike, right? You've got You've got a six mil for like the the head for the headset compression thing. You've got like five mil on the steerer clamp, and then four mil on the thing. Or like torques, torques, torques. Like fine on a six bolt rotor because there's a reason for it. But anywhere else can get in the sea. Not into it. Syncross, get out. Rock shop. Rock shop. Or SRAM. SRAM. Oh yeah, because on the reverb, isn't it? It's just annoying. Oh, and yeah, and on the levers as well. Just annoying. Give me four mil. Four mil everywhere, and I'll have one really good Allen key. One really good Allen key, <laughs> and then four mil bolts everywhere apart from the rotor bolts. Happy days.
Have you noticed yeah. that uh, bike brands are starting to use five mil Allen keys on their rear axles now? So oh, you need yeah. the six, six for the front and five for the rear. So annoying. So mm. annoying. I had one. Oh, I won't. I can't. I can't. I'll just, <laughs> I'll start frothing at the mouth. Yeah, so yeah, Jesus. that's what I'd like. I'd like everyone just to use one standard for everything. One headset type, one bottom bracket shell width and one chain line for the crank. So I don't have to worry about if I've got a three mil or a zero mil offset chain ring. One everything. I mean, it's, you're, you're like 100% bang on the money. And like, you know, some brands are like, oh, Superbeast gives a better chain line, is stiffer or whatever it may be. I mean, like you say, does it? It might be, but it's annoying. Yeah. I had a Superboost yeah. rear end on a long-term bike a couple of years ago on the Evil Insurgent, and it's really hard-pressed if it was stiffer or not. You, of no. course I, you can't. I can't so many, there's so many other things. I'm, You know, as, as I say, good standards for good standards' sake, but not standards for standards' sake. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, well done, Tom. I think thanks. you're. we, we, we uh, well, unanimously agree. <laughs> yeah, you got that off your chest. There yeah. you go, Monday morning. Bada bim, I'm going to buy a Cancrete headset for my Yeti. <laughs> I might have one. From a from a Yeti that I had as a long termer a few years back. I'll send you a message. Okay, please do. How how about you, Luke? What are you uh, what are you putting the world to rights on this morning? Well, I'm not putting the world to the bike. I think the bike industry is flawless. You know, they do everything perfectly. <laughs> Pays your wage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've got all those four wedges lined up in a nice neat toolbox. So I'm fine, you know, so. No, um so mine's an invention. Um Ooh. and it's like, wouldn't it be wonderful if the bike industry anyone out there could just come up with some brilliant nanotech paint that mud wouldn't stick to so your bike's just never got Mm. dirty you know it would just splash on splash Splash off off. great you know there there must be youtube videos of people wearing shoes that are dipped in things like this aren't there exactly but i guess that's you know an aftermarket product you can spray on and different bits and pieces but if there was like an actual so it was integrated into the paint so it wouldn't wear off over time it was just like a magic formula mm. paint you could just spray on your bikes and, you know, you just wouldn't get covered in crap. It'd be fine. Imagine that. Imagine it just splashed on, splashed off, you know. It'd only take a low-pressure hose pipe just to spray over it at the end of the day and just all falls off, even if it's there in the first place. And that would be wonderful. That'd be a yeah. brilliant invention. I understand everyone in the world might not have this problem, but for those of us stuck mm. in the UK during this time of year, it's a pain in the ass winter, isn't it? Is it like, like the cleanup yeah. time is just frustrating. They reckon ceramic coatings. Have you used any of those? Have you tried any of them? No. So you can get ceramic coatings that obviously have been borrowed from the automotive market. These sort of, and it's it's an aftermarket treatment. Yeah. And it wears. It's, it's off like a polish, time. isn't it? You polish it on. You basically. polish it on. Yeah. And there's quite a bit of prep to do with it. It does seem yeah. like a bit of a faff. Yeah, but imagine if you didn't have to do that. Oh imagine no, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with yeah. You, yeah. Imagine if you just had. A material, a paint, or whatever it was, mm. sprayed on your bike, and it just things would stick everywhere. To it. Yeah, clothes. Well, it's already painted on the frame, so it's uh, not like it would be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get my get my clothes painted at the powder coaters. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. But would that you, would be that'd be like a brilliant invention. Like, I'd be. W- would you pay a surcharge? Uh, so say you had like a a wet weather fee in your mm. when you're ordering your bike. So you know your people who live in the desert, their bike costs a thousand pounds, dollars, whatever. Yours costs fifteen hundred for the privilege of not having to have arduous cleanups. Would you pay that extra money? Yeah, I mean, right, is it? Yeah, my my time over the years of hopefully having that bike would be you know the evenings not spent cleaning it in the cold and dark. Yeah, your bike lasts longer than six months. I don't have my own bike out, but I'm just imagining <laughs> if I did, 
<laughs> that it would, I'd probably hopefully have one for a couple of years at least. Okay. So it's worthwhile investment. Yeah. I mean, I, I also agree from someone who, he likes a clean bike, but doesn't like the cleanup involved to get mm. a clean bike. It would seem like, especially the drivetrains, the drivetrains. I think that there needs to be something about drivetrains. I've, I've yeah. noticed using uh, using a drip on wax instead of normal lube uh, keeps them. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. But no, he would be like uh, spitting at me for using drip on wax. <laughs> drip it'd on, it'd yeah. have to be a have to be in a, um, a, a slow cooker. Oil bath. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've noticed that actually keeps the gears way, way, way cleaner hmm. um, and makes them last longer as well. Using using wax based lubes rather than actually luby lubes. Do you know what my little latest upgrade to my house was recently? A hot outside tap. I can now wash bikes with hot water straight from the hose. It's amazing. Come back That's from clever. a cold, wet ride, start washing it, warm hands. That's, That's really it. clever. Yeah. 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 Do you do you know what I did? Oh, in the same similar vein. I bought a works um what are they Hydroshot. called? Hydroshot. I actually bought one my own money they had a 40% off discount before nice. Christmas or something and I fill up a bucket of hot water and use a bucket yeah. of hot water when the hose pipe's frozen Yeah, and you can it's wash not. your bikes imagine yeah. if you didn't have to do any of this imagine Ooh. if your bike was just clean <laughs> there was just a paint out there that you know mud didn't stick to mud phobic exactly mud phobic yeah. I'm here for it yeah, yeah. and yeah. that would be brilliant okay well it sounds like uh, Luke's probably needs to go down the patent office and Get that IP yeah. protected. Get down the chemistry lab. Mm. Yeah. Get your Bunsen burner out. Yeah. You're a chemist, aren't you? No. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Oh, well, never mind. Next time. Next time. Al, yeah. what do you want to try and fix or change or eradicate? Well, my lifelong plight of punctures just oh. haunts me since the dawn of time. You've never mentioned it in the podcast. No, I don't think I've ever mentioned punctures before. So it might come a bit of a surprise, actually, to our regular listeners. I just don't understand why bikes still get punctures. Mm. Like, why does it happen? How is it even a thing? So there's a lot of reasons why, I guess. People put the wrong casing tyres on certain bikes. People are putting, like, exo tyres on an enduro bike. Why are you doing that? Mm. It's, it's, it doesn't need to be light. It needs to be strong and grippy. Then there are badly designed tyres that are, like, thin on top, much like my hair, thick on the sides, <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> You know, and what what that means is that you're either getting slits where the tread is or your carcass is folding and you're burping. So that's absolute rubbish. Design your tyres properly. If they're designed to be thick and tough, make them thick and tough. Mm. WTB are particularly bad at this. I'm really sorry specifically huh. for calling them out. But I found that their carcass underneath the tread is, is really thin. Mm. So they're prone to slashing, whereas the sidewalls are quite thick and chunky. Um. So ride in a rocky, sharp rocky place with WTBs and you're more likely to get punctures than other Even brands. Even with like the thick, tough casing one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is, uh, which is really quite sad, I think. Um, and then everyone was like, well, tubeless is the, the cure-all for this with sealant and stuff. What do you get with tubeless? Punctures. That's right. You still get <laughs> punctures. They burp. So when you go around a hard corner, the tyre comes off the rim and it loses all its air. They can still be sliced by rocks and you can still get a pinch flat. Everyone's like, you don't get pinch flats with, with tubeless. You can. You can still pinch the tyre against the rim and it get a slit in it and it pop. I did so, that okay. the other day, bike park wells yeah. the other week. It happens mm. all the time. So, okay, so fit tubes again. Well, okay no, then, I mean, so you, you don't burp them anymore and there's an extra layer of protection in there. But they still get sliced and they still get, you know, they still get pinches. It's mental. Dear me. So, got me thinking. You see it in World Cup downhill and cross country. How are these people getting punctures? Imagine you're Greg Minar or... Yolanda Neff or, I don't know, Thomas Pidcock. 
And you got a puncture. Who was it? It was Nino Scherter at the Andorran World Cup. Was it Nino? He got two punches? Or am I misremembering that? Uh, no, Tom Pickcock got two punches at the Snowshoe World Cup. Was that two maybe what punches. I was thinking? Yeah. Um, I, think. I, I just don't understand how they don't have the technology to keep mm. a rider of that level's air in their in tires. tires. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's very I true. I mean, you see inserts Formula 1. What, like inserts. What, I know you so, don't like them. I've written inserts down. I've written it down here in my little list. Inserts, right. What do they do? They help stop burping and pinches. Yeah. Yeah. Which is true. What don't they stop? Slashes. You can still get a slash. How many times do you slash a tyre? Since I've been running inserts in like four or five years. Last week, four times. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you've got to consider what is the bike designed for and what is Al Evans doing on the bike? You know corners are meant to be a smooth curve, not a right angle, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, I'm really sorry, particular brands, for calling you out quite specifically. <laughs> this was a specialised Canevo SL2. What's that designed for? Squaring off corners. Yeah, and then <laughs> the new white E150 Lite. Well, that's also designed for like hardcore trail riding slash enduro. And then also, God bless it, my Marin Rift Zone oh. uh, long-term test bike, You know, which is like a 150 at the front, 130 at the back trail bike. Squaring off corners. Yeah, all gone. 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 Just I've, I've left them on the trail. I just left them up there and walked home. So, you know, if you want to go for a treasure hunt for your, for your, for your free bikes up there, n- no rear tyres left on them. But um. I, I'm here for it, Al. Um, and for my particular reason for this is uh, that if there was tyres that never punctured, there would also presumably be rims that never leaked air through sellotape. Yeah, yeah. Why? For some, someone who's experienced your your terrible taping on oh those my. hope wheels, <laughs> I had to do that at the photo shoot. It was I did it in a field, mate. I needed a liter of sealant, so five hundred right. mil in each tire to seal. And them. I'm moderately competent because I've done it dozens of times, and I'm still <laughs> not very good competent. at it. Like, <laughs> why are we using sellotape to seal our rims in 2024? This should not be happening. Yeah, this big is... shout out to Mavic UST design there yeah. with their. Yeah, sealed rim beds. Yeah. Or back in the day when Envy did the plastic rim strips that you then mounted the mm. tire onto, you know? Mm. <sighs> I saw um, Giant have got some new wheels um, out that they launched late last year with a five mil wide rim wall at the top. Wow. Oh, wow. Which is wider than anything. I've seen four mil, but yeah. five mil is as wide as it goes. And that, the idea of that is to dissipate those pinch impacts over a wider area so it's less likely to, the energy is spread over a bigger area, less likely to pinch. Also, the, the hole in your tire is even larger. Which is easier to bung a little poo stick into? Mate, I used six, <laughs> six tubeless repair plugs in a single slash last week. <laughs> Did and it hold? still didn't seal it. Yep. Wow. Six. That's how angry we were. Dear so, me. anyway, Luke, back to your thing about inserts. Inserts feel terrible. They don't. They're they brilliant. feel like I literally, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to be sick here right this second thinking about how bad they feel. <laughs> when you've got like the solid inset. In underneath the tire and the tire's moving around on the insert and it butts up against it when you hit a corner and it's like this really weird feel of like squirm and then solid it's just like bleh. I don't get any of that no they're just nice mute all the bumps out it's just like someone's just giving you a marshmallow to ride on it's brilliant I go for the happy medium of a Huck Norris which doesn't offer any tire stability or anything but does help prevent the pinches well I think me and Alex, we ride very differently and we corner very differently. Curves, squares. (laughs) (laughs) Bikes bikes should be made to go around square corners. They should. (laughs) (laughs) 
We like right angles. I'm not against right angles in this world. <laughs> so anyway, for all you clever people that we are, none of us are, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you engineers, you designers, you air specialists, make it so the air doesn't come out of the bloody tyre. Just mm. make it so it doesn't. Fill it with God knows what. Fill it with something else. Make the tyres out of... I don't know, like you see all those crazy videos of like, this car can't get punctures and the tyres are like a lattice shape. Oh, yeah. Why yeah, can't we have that? They're like some space rover wheels. Space yeah, wheels. Wheels. Bloody, like, yeah uh, just get like the moon metal, rover like back. Sprung metal type thing. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, get that moon rover back down or whatever. And then, yeah. You know how like you can use magnets to like make things like with iron filings and to go them like really hard or really soft. You could have like one where you, a variable amount of magnetism gives mm. you difference in the puncture. Because the thing with a solid tire is that you can't alter the pressures, right? Yeah, so there's got to be some. There's got to be some mad tech out there. Yeah, you so could like use non-Newtonian uh, tires or something like that. Your flight, your flight attendant battery could be oh. used to plug into the fork, yeah. and it knows when it's hit a bump and it does stuff. Maybe Rock Trucks will spend time developing that instead of making new roller sizes, so you can't use the same chainring on your transmission <laughs> bike from your previous one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, oh no, I think I think actually you may have done a done a naughty there. I think you can use. Eagle drivetrain chainrings on transmission chains, or is it the other way around? No, it's the other way around because the oh. rollers in the chains are bigger, so they don't fit into the wells properly. Ah, but yeah. you can use an eagle drivetrain chain on a transmission chainring. Yes, that's yeah. right. Okay, it might just yeah. be a bit baggier, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, maybe. So imagine you're in the woods. Why we had the same chainring rollers, <laughs> chain rollers for for eons? Why have we got a new one for no good reason? Yeah, That's punctures. So Imagine yeah. you're in the woods out and you've got a puncture. And, and your you, bike's clean. And your bike's clean. You can turn it upside <laughs> down and there's no mud on your gloves. You don't have to... And you've only yeah. got one Allen key required to remove the wheel to fix the puncture. Yeah. Yeah, that is very stressful, isn't it? When you're doing bike maintenance in the forest and it's cold and everything's like the wind's blowing and your bike's day and your hands are covered <laughs> in mud. Yeah, not good. Not good. Dream. And you've forgotten your tools and your pump doesn't work and it unscrews the valve core when you <sighs> undo the little hose thing. <laughs> yeah. So that anyway, there you enough. go. Th those are the three things that we would uh, we would we would change or not us because we none of us seem to be clever enough or have broad enough uh, influence in the world or industry to actually implement any of our ideas, but to those listening, please do help us out. So, if you know, there is any magic paint out there, Obviously, I don't know a lot about paints. Please email us in and tell yeah. me where I can find yeah. it and I can spray it. Just, you know, I just go in the garage and just spray it top to bottom of the bike. Yeah. And if, I'm not going to take anything off. I'm just going to go for everything. And if yeah. every product manager from every bike brand is listening, which I'm sure you are, email me and I'll give you a list of standards that you should use. There you go. Podcast at biteradar.com. There we go. <laughs> Slide into those DMs. <laughs> Well, on that note, guys, thank you so much for your time. This has been a very insightful and most fun look into our psyches. Thank you. Thanks very much. Cheers out. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 